welcome to I Love It, Don't You? The podcast where friends share with friends whether they like it or not. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Kim. And I'm Janelle. This week I forced Kim and Janelle to watch The Big Short. And if you haven't seen it, the movie follows four investors who predicted that the credit and housing bubble would uh, collapse in 2007 and 2008. And they decided to take on the big banks by shorting the market. It has Steve Carell, who plays Mark, and he is like the head of the Front Point hedge fund. Christian Bell, he plays uh, Michael Burry, and he, he's the character with the glass eye, who's based in California. Brad Pitt plays Ben Rickett, and he's a former Wall Street investor, and he's the guy that's helping the young investors from Brownfield start investing doing the swaps. Ryan Gosling plays Jared, a banker from... Deutsch? Deutsche. Deutsche. He sells uh, Front Point, Steve Carell's crew, the deal on the swaps. So I wanted to force Kim and Janelle to watch this because the first time I watched it, it kind of blew my mind. And it just inspired me to want to learn more. And I also really liked the movie because at the end of it, I didn't feel beat down. I mean, like, it's a movie that, it's a topic that you could easily feel completely powerless and discouraged by the end of it and overwhelmed, but I had a different reaction to it. So I wanted to see how they would react to the same material. And it's a lot of fun. It's fun, but educational, which is, I don't know, can kind of contradict themselves sometimes. Anyway, what were you guys' first impressions? I really enjoyed the movie. I really like a lot of the actors in it. Liked Steve Carell's portrayal, Brad Pitt's portrayal. His character was probably my favorite because he seemed like a decent human being and the others. Mm. I mean, they they did, but the movie, I really liked the movie. The movie made me angry. Even for the heroes of the story, which there really was no heroes of the story. But I did enjoy it a lot. I thought they did a really good job at how they presented it and how they made it entertaining, but yet telling you the story of this and trying to describe what what things were for me like sometimes it'd be like okay this is too much bank jargon too much financial stuff that I can grasp a little of it I can't Mm -hmm. grasp the whole thing so I thought they did a good job at like trying to educate and keep entertaining but the story overall like I mean just that whole subject just makes me mad Mm -hmm. and the movie at the end of it I was just ticked (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that's pretty good reaction. <laughs> you weren't supposed to feel happy, that's for sure. What do you think, Janelle? I think overall I really liked it. I understand why I liked it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also, like, really confused. <laughs> because it's like, I d- that is so far out of my wheelhouse, like, financials. Mm-hmm. Eh, I'm a really, like, easygoing, I don't ever care to, like, take out stocks I don't know anything I'm like the money that I earn I put it in my account and I go yay I have this money mm-hmm. I don't think about anything like that so at the end of it I still felt really confused but because of how they like put all of the information out there through the dialogue through the funny fourth wall breaks through Margot Robbie sitting in a bathtub naked drinking champagne and explaining this whole concept to me. I found that really clever. I think I put in my notes, like, adult schoolhouse rock. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Like, 
Yeah. Just, it was popping in my head like, I'm just a bill. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I mean, I was just thoroughly confused, but also entertained. Mm -hmm. Not only that, I don't know why I like anybody in the movie, but I do. Interesting, like, (laughs) because I like all of them. So it's really interesting to me that you guys left with, like, I don't know why I like any of these people. Well, not all of them. There was, like, the main characters, though. Steve Carell's character. I even like Jared, Ryan Gosling's character. I even liked him. He's so honest about his motives that, like, I didn't hate him. Right. Um, I found myself rooting for them in a way, but when I think about that this actually happened, that instead of these people finding out discovering this and instead of them letting people know instead of them going to the public Mm -hmm. they sat there and made money for themselves yeah so the the they wrote it really well where you are kind of rooting for them but at the same time you're like why am i rooting for them Mm -hmm. they are sitting there yeah the banks are the ones that created this mess but they're sitting there profiting Mm -hmm. from all of these people are going to lose their jobs, lose their homes, and all, and the economy is going to crash. Mm-hmm. And they're betting on that? The yeah. movie points that out at some points. Yeah. And I do want to point out that in the movie, they don't portray this. So completely, I completely understand your point of view. But in real life, the guy, Mark, is based off, isn't his real name. He's based off a real person. And that person actually did spend most of his career finding fraud and trying to get people to notice it. And also, like, there's several points, well, not a few points, where they do try to, for instance, the, the investors from Brownfield, at the, when they, fought, they realize that the whole system is fraudulent, they try to go to the New York Times or, I forgot, some, some big uh, magazine and get them to print the story. And they're like, no, we're not going to print it. They, they did show them going to the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. The thing is that I don't hate them because... First off, when they're making these bets, I feel like, I've watched this movie a lot, so I've thought about this a lot, (laughs) that they don't realize the extent of the corruption and the stupidity and the fraud until 2007. I tracked it when I was like, especially, yeah. Mm -hmm. First off, it's already way too late by then. So by that time, they did not realize how big the bubble was Mm -hmm. and how tied in it was to the whole world economy. And... After the convention at Vegas, um, Mark, Steve Carell's character, you know, has that conversation with his wife. And he's like, this is huge. Like, this is really going to bust. And also, at the end of the movie, I really liked that you were rooting for them. And the first time I watched it, I kept waiting for someone to feel like a winner. And they don't make those guys into winners. Right. Uh, Oh, I mean, I like I like the I like the characters and stuff a lot. Like that's the that's the thing is mm-hmm. they do a good job of kind of making you root for these characters, but at the same time, knowing the truth and the background mm-hmm. of of what really happened, like it's hard to to disassociate that for me. Mm-hmm. Like you know, because this is based off of true events, mm-hmm. and so. But I did I did like Steve Carell's character a lot. I didn't like the two younger guys that well. I was kind of indifferent mm-hmm. to them, you know? The thing about them is that they were so new to Wall Street that they still idealized it. They didn't realize how corrupt it was. Mm-hmm. And then I love that scene at the very end when they go into Lehman Brothers, which has just gone bankrupt. One of them was like, this isn't what I was expecting. And the other guy's like, what were you expecting? He was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Grown-ups, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's also kind of like they all get even the ones that are the most cynical even 
still have room to be disillusioned by what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. I never rooted for them. I never wanted them to do well. Like, I grinned when they did, but I was never like, yeah, yeah, you get there. There's a very big difference to me between rooting for someone and liking them. And the fact that the whole time I'm cognizant that they're, like, super dirty people, um, but I still like them was interesting to me. The thing is, though, how how they're portrayed in the movie... um, Reminds me a lot of anonymity that you get online. You know, people post, like, horrible trolling stuff all the time, berating people, tweeting the most horrible things to, like, celebrities and stuff like that because they have anonymity or perceived anonymity. I feel kind of like that's what this is, what they were experiencing, because all they're seeing is numbers and they're seeing a giant faceless corporation that... Yeah, there's people, but they're not real people. Is I, I feel like how they perceive it. So you they're think that feeling they're the banks aren't real people, and they've made the banks into monsters. Well, that's that's how their their brains are kind of like justifying and this. Just, I wanna, and sorry, I just want to make sure. I, like so, like um, Mark Steve Carell's character, and like the Brownfield guys, and all those other the investors that we're seeing, they've made the banks into a monster. They see them as something that can be exploited because it's something that's not doing its job right. It's being stupid, so why not? Like, this is our gain. I think with the younger guys, their motivation is more like, we want to succeed because we want to be in there with the big dogs, Mm -hmm. but they haven't realized that there are people behind it. And with the older, more jaded people, like Steve Carell's group, they're so jaded that all they can see are the mistakes that people make. So... They see that as something that if we tackle this and we give them what for or whatever, you know, that's no big deal. But they're not seeing that there are actual lives behind that. I think they definitely see that. I I mean, they do by by the end. By the end, they do. But in the middle of it, I don't feel like they do at all. They don't get the reality. Like, yeah, they know that there's people, but they don't go any farther than that. That these people have families that these people need to feed and, you know. The bankers. Yeah. You're being so nice to those bankers. No. Like, they know, they knowingly defraud the American I don't mean, people. And well, they... not just the bankers, like, everybody who gets taken advantage of. They are thinking that the banks are just stupid, and they're not thinking beyond the banks, and to the people behind oh, okay. the banks, mm-hmm. to the customers of the banks, mm-hmm. to, to the American people and the rest of the world. Okay. I think they are a little bit, though, because when they go down to Florida to kind of investigate what's going on, the real optimistic guy is talking to the guy and he's like, call your landlord. Like he's just seeing mm-hmm. this one particular guy who is renting this house or whatever. And his landlord's not pay- paying the mortgage and whatever. And the guy's like, what's going on? What's going on? And like, you can see it in his face. Like he knows that this is affecting this guy. He knows right. this guy's about to get thrown out of his house. And then when they're talking to the mortgage brokers, was that who? Yes. Schmidt from New Girl. New Girl. When they're talking, now that's a real bad guy. Okay, <laughs> like <laughs> that's really a bad guy. Let's try to draw a line, a little bit um, of a line here. Okay. When they're talking to him and his colleague or whatever, and one of them is like, "Why? Why are they sitting there confessing? Confessing? Because they see that this is affecting real people. What's going on? 
I think it's Steve Carell's character says he's not confessing, he's bragging. It's actually, sorry, it's actually Steve Carell's character that says, why are they confessing? And then the other guys are like, they're not confessing, they're They're bragging. Because I love Steve Carell's character, especially since I'm reading the big short and learning more about the guy that he's based on. And uh, he just loves to call BS on when he sees fraud. Like, mm-hmm. the that's what his character is based on. And uh, they do point that out kind of in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, but okay. still, it's like, for the, that being who he's supposed to be, like, I get that he didn't grasp it, like, quite how big it is, but it's just like, it seems like instead of trying to, like, rip off the banks, like, I just wish somebody would have been, mm. when it was discovered, you know, like... So you would rather the movie have been about them trying to bring attention to the cause than revealing... See, I see the bit them shorting the banks as a narrative device to show us the system and how defraudulent it was. And to give us at least, for me, it gave me kind of a foundation to start looking more into it because I want to educate myself about what's going on so that it doesn't, like, I don't know. That's how, what I, how I see right. it. Right. And you're viewing it more as entertainment to then dive into more information. I'm viewing it as this is based off of real events. I wish the real people would have been saying, noticing it and saying this stuff. The people that they're based off of. Because they're showing it about the shorts because that's what happened. Mm. So, I can't... In the I book can't I'm just, reading, they did. Okay. They did do that, so... But, like, so, I can't disassociate it's, the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It To me, it's not just, well, this is what the movie's showing. Like, to me, I... This is the portrayal of the people they're saying, and they're saying this is based off of real events. So it's making it me is mad. big, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, you're supposed to be mad, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so I mean, and it is based on real events. It's just I feel like I like it because because I get to find out more, and like it's for me. Like I don't remember what go- I wouldn't remember something happened, you know. But I was binge watching The Hills at this time, so I was like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had no clue. Yeah. So it kind of blew my mind the first time. I was like, holy crap. Well, we were in high school when this was going on. Elizabeth, you and I were in were in high school. Kim, you were you were out of high school and mm-hmm. you were Yeah, I wanted to ask world. you what you remembered. And um, what both of all of us remembered, even though I just I remember this is what I remember. Right before the collapse, my family we were looking for a house to buy. And we found one just before the market fell. And I remember going to housing developments and that there would be, like, empty houses that we could just walk into. Mm-hmm. Like, just so many houses to buy. And the scene when they go down to Florida really reminded me of that. What I remember mainly was kind of the aftermath. Well, I remember it more coming to a head in kind of the fall. Like, maybe stuff was going on in the spring and whatever, but it didn't mm-hmm. register my radar. It maybe should have because I actually, in May, moved up to New York City. Uh-huh. And so the economy was horrible. <laughs> and I remember actually apartments being decent prices for New York apartments and people talking about how good the the rent and stuff was at that time because of the housing market crash and everything. But so that's kind of the lens that I view it from is just, man, I picked a really crappy time to move up to New York and that's try to find a job. That's got to make you really angry. Um, <laughs> I mean, we were, we were like, all secure. We'd been living in the same house. My parents had been working on paying it off. They didn't take you out, know. like, a subprime mortgage with, like, a <laughs> no. teaser rate that would go up after. No, no, they were years. good, and I think they were actually pretty close to paying it off at that point. So That's it was good. like, and me being the type of person I am, 
spoiler alert, I'm a crappy person because <laughs> if I don't understand something and it doesn't spark my interest to go and learn more about mm-hmm. it, a.k.a. money stuff, mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, sure, whatever, where's Sci-Fi Channel or, you know, okay, Charlie Brown. So, like, I didn't pay attention to any of this, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Yeah. And I totally understand that. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons this movie surprised me so much. See, I also remember it kind of through the presidential election. Oh. Um. I remember at one point, at least for like a day or two, they suspended their campaigns and went back to Washington kind of for a strategy session. It was McCain for the Republican mm-hmm. at yeah. that time. I remember um, it. Yeah. Ma- well, Ma- I don't remember that. but McCain, Obama, and they went mm-hmm. and met with Bush kind of as a strategy session, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened just because it was such a big thing. And whatever decisions were made right then were going to massively affect the American people. We're going to massively affect the next president, Mm -hmm. like all of it. And so it was a huge issue within that political election. And as you all know, from me talking about it way too much. I like politics and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So <laughs> No, Kim, really? Yes, just a little bit. I had no idea. I know, I hide it very well. <laughs> so I was also remember it through that lens and through how the campaigns kind of reacted to it and and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I was nodding my head a lot because I've watched Too Big to Fail and they have this little thing about McCain coming in. The bit Too Big to Fail portrays it as McCain not being very helpful. I had a deal worked out. Congress was going to pass it. McCain came in. He was like, no, all this was, this is too big to fail's narrative. No, you guys like made this deal without me. We got to start over. That's the only thing I I remember from watching a movie. She's doing (laughs) air quotes. Sorry. (laughs) That's what you've learned since it happened. Right. It did have some humor in Mm -hmm. it. It had tons of humor. Yeah. It had Um, to. Definitely. If it didn't have humor, you would be crying in a corner or just bored out of your mind. Right. Depending on on your knowledge of the subject. Mm -hmm. It had humor, and I liked the humor. The humor was subtle enough where nothing really stuck out to me. Okay. I thought that was well done because it did keep it entertaining and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing, but it didn't take away the focus from the story, too. Like, there was was some good, like, one-liners and this, that, and the other, but I can't sit here and think of, like... Oh, I really, really. Well, I like love that. Chris, Jared's sidekick. He is always there, okay? <laughs> like, and he's all, and Jared's just always telling him to shut up. Oh, even though, right, and that he's right. an idiot. <laughs> okay, and then, like, when he's having the meeting with Front Point and with the Jenga blocks and everything, and he's like, Do you see this? This is my quantitative. And he points to his Asian assistant, and he's like, He doesn't even know English. <laughs> and then there's a fourth wall break. And he's like, actually, I'm fluent in English, and I'm one second in the national math competition. It's not even that he's fluent. He's, like, legit American. Yes. He doesn't even have an Asian accent at all. <laughs> right. Well, and his name wasn't even what he said his name was. Right. It was something different. <laughs> the fourth wall breaks, I think, are probably one of the best parts mm-hmm. of the movie because, A, they're hilarious, and, B, I love it that they cut through this whole based-on-a-true-story bullcrap there's so many based on a true story mm-hmm. movies that like take a rough idea and just like 
you know, flesh it out from there into something entirely different from the actual story. And this one, I mean, I, I know that it did that too, but I love it that it called bullcrap on some of those moments by them going yes. like, mm-hmm. we didn't actually do this here. Mm-hmm. We, we did it later and we heard about it this way through, you know, this and this and this. And I was like, that is so funny and so clever because it's, it's a good way of being like, here's the filmmaking side. We need to, like, cut out time. We're not going to spend money. Like, they don't actually say this, but it made me think about it. Like, they're not going to spend extra time and money to, like, make another set where they could just condense it and have these two guys discover it magically in a pile of plans laying on a bench. Mm -hmm. And then I did also like when they wanted to point out something that could easily have been written off as... That didn't really happen. No, this really happened. This guy actually <laughs> sat there and asked this question in the middle of all of these people. Mm. Pay attention, like, and this is this is what I had to deal with. Uh, I believe Ryan Gosling yes. says, which I think they did a really good job of kind of having him be the narrator mm-hmm. and one casting him because Ryan Gosling. We were talking about this a little bit mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Ryan Gosling is just charismatic. Like mm-hmm. he's one of those people. He's one of those people I would probably not like um, normally, but for some reason, there's something about him that I just love. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's good looking. He no, not in this to... movie. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> he does not pull off that. Yet. Sorry, continue. Go on. <laughs> normally, he's good looking. Things seem to come easy to him, whatever. Like, a lot of things that I just kind of write off on people sometimes and don't really like them but whatever reason Ryan Gosling has always been one of those people that despite some of those things like I love that was what the character of Jared needed because he's a slime guy I mean he's a slime ball completely and utterly but there's like it's hard to just completely hate him Mm -hmm. I mean you kind of do and you kind of don't and so like I think they did a great job in casting Ryan Gosling for that that role well here's my thing I don't think that things probably come easy to him, and I think this movie is a good example of that. Not that, like, he probably has to, like, slog so hard to get everything that he has. I mean, he works hard, and you can tell because the way he does this character is, like, so great. Brian Gosling's got range. Yeah, like, from the delivery and everything, that he can still remain charismatic even though like, along with everybody else in this movie, you're not supposed to like him. And him probably more than anybody else, besides the two-bit side character slimeball guys, you're probably supposed to hate him the most out of, like, the main cast. But you don't, because he's charismatic. And I love everything from his side, you know, how he delivers the lines and everything, to how they made him dress and did his makeup and everything. That was the fakest spray-on tan I think I've seen in a movie, and it was perfect. Did you notice that there's, like, a white line around his lips? Oh, my gosh, no. Yes. It looks like they did They did everything to make him just look so bad. Mm-hmm. So bad. And it. I love it so much. I know you keep saying you hate the characters, but I really love Steve Carell's character, especially because he is so angry, and I feel like he kind of embodies you know, the anger you're talking about and, like, the anger I feel. He's and, like, jaded. He's jaded. Beyond all belief. Yes. And, like, there's a scene where he goes into his group therapy. He just barges in. He takes over. And then he storms out. The guy he's based on did that in real life. And his the therapist started just actually calling his wife afterwards. So, like, when his wife calls him in the movie, yeah, that actually happened. And then I love, uh, in that 
the following scene when he's standing like on a crowded New York street talking to his wife and he's like, these people around me have no idea what's going on. And it like uh, cuts to like a couple kissing and an old woman smiling. He's like, they're all like acting like they're in an Indian video. And I just think it's so <laughs> funny. Cause like, I feel like he does see a lot of what's going on. I am probably projecting a lot on him, but he probably feels so like angry and helpless because he's like, why is no one noticing what's going on? You want to dive down into it further. I, I agree with you on him thinking, why does nobody notice? I think he's probably so mad at everybody else because he's so mad at himself. Yes. Because, you know, it ties in the story of his brother committing suicide and that, you know, he says, I offered him money. My first inclination when he said that he needed help was I offered him money. Yeah. He can't deal with his own anger, so he has to see how much everybody else makes him angry mm -hmm. and how ignorant everybody else is so he doesn't feel like he's ignorant. So, I mean, I, I definitely really like Steve Carell's character. Mm -hmm. I'm just very cognizant of the fact that I'm not supposed to like anybody, but I'm supposed to like everybody. Okay. It's this th th weird, like, dichotomy. The whole time I was sitting here like, what do I think about these people? Because I, th I think everything about them, really. Yeah. I don't have one solid opinion. Steve's character and the two young guys are probably the most, maybe not relatable, but the ones that I like the most, definitely. I like Michael Murray, too, the Christian Bell's character, like... I thought he was really sweet in a really awkward way. <laughs> um, like he talks about how his wife is like, you should give more compliments. It makes people comfortable. And he asked the guys interviewing, like, I like your haircut. Did you do it yourself? <laughs> and he's like talking a lot about how like he just can't seem to give a good compliment. Yeah, see, he made me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, they were portraying him that way. You yeah, know, like, yeah. But they did a good job, and he did a good job, but I didn't like him because I, he just made me uncomfortable. Okay. Watching him made me uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, and then I... Then he was doing a really good job. Yeah, go ahead. He was one of my least favorite characters, just because... Because he made you so uncomfortable? He just made me so uncomfortable. Yeah, and that's who he was in real... Like, I'm reading the book, and, like, in the book, they portray him like that as well. I mean, it's a, a nonfiction book, so the real guy's like that. And he has this whole thing about how he believes his glass eye made him awkward, but it also kind of gave him like this special advantage that no one else had. And just some fun fact about him. I'm sorry, I'm young girling about this. Actually, he did, you know, he, you notice he was an MD in the movie. He really is an MD. And he ended up going to medical school, not because it was challenging, but because it was like pretty easy for him. And he's like, I might as well do this. But on the side, he was doing investment banking and stuff like that. And he set up a website and then one day, like, he was just like, you know what, I'm quitting. I'm not going to do what, I'm going to go into this other thing. I'm not going to, I'm going to open up this hedge fund. And there were actual people, like, real investment bakers that were tracking what he was doing. So when he started up his own firm, like, two people cold called him and were like, one of them was like, I'll offer you a million dollars for part of your firm. I just love his story. <laughs> I just love his story. I think it's just so awesome. And then the way he met his wife. I'm like a sucker for stories like that. Like yeah. over match.com and she was like that's exactly what I was looking for. I think they humanize him a lot more as the movie goes on. When it opens up, I was like, "Oh no. Oh. <laughs> what is Christian Bale doing? Because is this going to be another like, you know, not Norman Bates. Um uh 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 Patrick Bateman. 
um, oh, American Psycho thing man. because he was just so awkward. That's really creepy. Not going to lie. I thought for about 75% of the movie that his wife was probably made up. Um, <laughs> you know, the, in real life, he got married twice. Oh, like, wow. I was afraid something tragic had happened. Yeah, actually. something tragic or or also I was worried it might be something like a green card marriage. That's hilarious. I didn't no. think much of him, apparently, but I like him as it goes on. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, when he's in New York, he gets a text message from them with a picture, like, mm-hmm. his kid and his wife. It's that's so why sweet. I was like, okay, apparently they're not dead, but I still, there was still a part oh, of me so like that. That's so weird. I never thought I that. I just tend towards the dark things because I was like, maybe they're dead and, like, this is part of him dealing with it, like, because, you know. And then, like, at the end of the movie, I was really afraid that Mark Baum or whatever Steve Carell's character was going to go the same way of his brother. Oh, right. uh-huh. And and so he's sitting there on his balcony or whatever and I'm like please please don't jump because he he did seem so distraught mm-hmm. and so disgusted with what was going on and didn't even want to sell to make some money. He was disgusted with himself, yeah. Right. And and so I was just like please please don't follow your brother. Like and so I don't know why like those were my two thoughts for the, both mm-hmm. of those things and so I just like don't really think the best of people apparently just think that they're <laughs> well and tra- tragedy's gonna happen I don't know about you but I'm more used to reading and watching fiction so I'm like it has to be the most dramatic it possibly can that's true too so oh and you also noticed that uh Michael Christian Bale's character was emailing a lot in real life that's really what he did a lot because he couldn't uh interact with people normally it was kind of like an outdated way to communicate with your investors, but he like really put a lot of work into his like weekly newsletter to let them know what was up. My favorite character was probably Ben. I loved Ben. Brad Brad Pitt's character because but he, was really he had been involved in the banking world and mm-hmm. saw how horrible it was and how you know the bottom line was to make money and not people, and so mm-hmm. he got out of it and then he goes to help these two kids who he's developed a relationship and friendship with. And so he does it for them. But even like, um, I really, really liked when they were in Vegas, the two younger guys are celebrating and dancing or whatever. And he's like, what are you doing? Do you not realize Mm -hmm. that if your bet pays off, the American economy is crashing. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their homes. Do you not get this? Do not celebrate the fact that you might make money off of this. And the story, like, agrees with you because, like, even in this one moment where you're, like, almost celebrating, they're like, no, like, don't celebrate Mm because this is not something that's going to have a happy ending for anyone. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, see, and that's precisely why I'm not, I don't really like Ben at all. I think his, I don't get his motivations at all. Mm. I feel like if he actually cared more about people um, instead of I don't know, the hunt to get money or whatever. I know that he's not necessarily going to become a millionaire off of this because it would go to the kids. He's already but, a millionaire. But um, it, I, I feel like it's completely against everything that he's stood for for him to go and help these kids the whole way. Now if he had backed out in New York when he was like, okay, you, you can if he had been like, okay, you guys can do this and then I'm out that would make sense because I could rationalize that he would have taken them that far to get them to realize that they're ruining people's lives and they need to be 
they, better people. Yeah. But the fact that he goes through with it and helps them even beyond that, I'm like, you're a crappy person. Like, why did you do that? You know, the economy would have failed whether or not they made the swaps. Like, the right, banks. But, okay. <laughs> like, but. I mean, like, I'm not saying that their motivations, their motivations are not pure at all. But to me, the real bad people, maybe it is all relative, but the real bad people in the story are the banks. I, I feel like Brad Pitt's character, I, I don't get him. I just don't. Like, I would feel so dirty. See, so dirty I forever. really like the part where he's like, you know what you gotta invest in? Seeds. Like, organic <laughs> seeds. Because he really thinks that the whole world is going down. Right. You know? I took it like, he had developed this friendship with these kids when they, like, lived beside him or whatever. And so, like, yes, he, he thinks the system's crap. But to me... Like, he's doing it for the these kid, like these two people. I'm okay with it, like, because I feel like he does see what's going on. He doesn't necessarily approve of all of it, but he is going to help out, help out these kids that he's developed a relationship with. But, I don't know. He's leading them to sell their souls, though. Like, I just... They're already selling their souls. They're just not good at it yet. Yeah, but so. I don't think... <laughs> I don't, th- I would have to wash my hands of it. Like, I don't, I totally do not think it's okay at all. And I think that corrupts his character entirely. I don't like him. I straight up do not like his character. I mean, the capitalism allows them to, like, make these kind of bets, you know? Like, I mean, that's really yeah. it's kind of our economic system. I don't like it. Oh, no, it's interesting. It's interesting because... America is a lot about praising the free market and capitalism. And the free market is good, but it also goes into, like, if we don't have regulations, there has to be this, like, line there, you know? that And there wasn't enough regulation to stop the fraud. Right. You know? The thing that really, like, made me angry, like, because I enjoyed watching the movie, and then you get that, like, the last little five minutes that just, okay, you're, ar- yep. you're already kind of... You're enjoying the movie, but you're also kind of angry at everything that's going on. And then that those last, like, five minutes come where Ryan Gosling's character is sitting there saying, you know, and we all learned our lesson and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Just kidding. Mm-hmm. What normally happens is we blame poor people and immigrants. But that's exactly then what happened. Plus, they added in teachers this time. And one, I think we can kind of see some of those issues playing out in the political world right now. That's all I'm going to say about that. But then also sitting there saying that the banks are now basically doing the same exact thing. They're just calling it something different. Mm -hmm. They have renamed, what was it, CDOs? Yep. Into a bestoke trench opportunity. Yes. And that makes me so angry. What makes me even more angry is that Michael Burry, the real guy, contacted the government several times to see if anyone wanted to interview him to find out how he knew the system would collapse years before anyone else. No one ever returned his calls. And he was also audited four times and questioned by the FBI. Right. It also kind of illustrates that we're living in a society where people don't want to know. Mm-hmm. They would rather live in ignorant bliss. Well, that might be an over-exaggeration, but at least from this one point of view, it doesn't look like the government wanted to find out how they could solve the problem that got us to this place. I do want to talk a little bit um, less about, like, 
what was taking place in the story and more how they were telling the story. Okay, yeah. A few of mm-hmm. those things. Because I thought that they did a really good job, as we mentioned before, having Ryan, Ryan Gosling's character narrating and whatever, but also in the way in which they did kind of do the little breaks where, mm-hmm. and now we're going to have Anthony Bordeaux explain to you, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to get, like, y'all's feedback on how you thought that worked and their use of music, too. Because, yeah. Oh, um, the soundtrack. I thought, I thought that... Their, kind of their different way of telling story of using the different people of the fourth wall breaks of kind of the mm-hmm. way that they use music sometimes thought it was really really good I agree and like it's hard to actually say how much you learned I think from the movie the first time you watch it I feel like I did learn something the first time probably couldn't fit, put my finger on exactly what I think that what those things all those things you mentioned did was kind of make the subject for me, more accessible. Mm-hmm. Talking about the music, after the uh, convention in ba- Vegas, and they had that scene where everybody's leaving, and the soundtrack that they're playing as that is happening is so sad and so creepy at the same time. It like gives me chills like every time I watch it. I don't remember that one. I more remember first of all hearing songs that I really liked because that was right around when I started like you know driving and had like a radio and was turning it on and listening to music outside of my little CD collection. I found it really interesting how the soundtrack tended to go from like these really self-indulgent songs to like things that were obviously talking about like corruption and things going wrong and you know from like Feel Good Inc. by the Gorillas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Things that stood out to me that were you know about frivolity and falling into not capitalism per se but falling into like a a rut not seeing the big picture basically Mm. complacency there we go this is kind of off topic but one of the things i really loved is when michael burry leaves um goldman sachs and he's like can i have i like these cuts can i have one for my son (laughs) (laughs) and they're like yes take two i love that part also okay so within the first 20 30 minutes of the movie they rely heavily i feel like on naked women that they mm-hmm. don't in oh, the rest okay. of the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was just kind of wondering y'all's thoughts on that it's it didn't offend me it annoyed me it annoyed me too but not necessarily just you know from like a feminism perspective or anything like that it I feel like definitely towards the beginning of the movie before you're invested, they are doing everything they possibly can to hook you because, quite frankly, the topic is boring for most people. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason why having Ryan Gosling in there is also trouble. Not really troublesome to me, but he did a great job. I loved him. I don't know who else you would probably put in the role, but, you know, Ryan Gosling is known for pulling in the droves like you said and and he's known for being the hot guy that gets all the girls come and and the guys they want to be like him and everything so it it felt very much like they just they wanted to keep butts in seats Mm -hmm. in the beginning especially with the margot robbie part even though i really enjoyed that i love that part she's using her sexuality to i think that she's owning her sexuality in that scene but i'm not gonna i don't feel very passionate about it so I mean, yeah, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that they didn't write it to keep people sitting there watching. But it's not something that they're not unaware of. Like, right? They're but... acknowledging that. I don't. I don't know exactly. It's not something I've thought a lot about. So, but see, what are your thoughts? Because it, it to me, it is obvious that they're using it to try and 
keep people in their seats or get people hooked or whatever. And that's just, I don't like it. I, I mm. feel like they're just, you know, trying to get get people invested and they're doing it by let's just give them boobs. Let's, let's mm-hmm. do that. Let's have some of these stripper scenes that we really don't need mm-hmm. and just show off these women because that's going to keep our male's attention. And yeah, like that, that is my one negative of the movie is I okay. really didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you look the, those asides and stuff like that, like the Margot Robbie one, the things like that later on in the movie, they're much more clever. And at least to me, made a whole lot more sense than that's good than point. like the right. selena gomez one like with the Benny. yeah and i mean anthony bourdain's one and, i think made the most sense out mm-hmm. of all of them i understood it the most part of it is with the margot robbie one that i was just like i see what you're doing and i get amusement mm-hmm. out of it that you're putting her here yeah. Like this, knowing to get yeah. people to keep watching. Yeah. So I like it from like that perspective that it's like a dirty trick, and I kind of respect it at the mm-hmm. same time. I approve of it, but I don't. I agree with you. I I get it from a business perspective, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it felt heavy-handed in the beginning mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But as it went on, it was like, okay, we kind of need this to make sure that you're still understanding not just that you're still invested but that you're understanding mm-hmm. but they were doing that without half naked women yeah yeah you know and that that's why and even when they had selena gomez she was like the clothes right. right that's why i think it just wasn't needed yeah and that's why it annoys me so much mm-hmm. there was no actual added value in in those shots to me mm-hmm. especially the strippers you mm-hmm. could justify Margot Robbie's a little bit more, but, like, the strippers, I'd almost forgotten about that until you mm-hmm. said it. That Yeah, that was unnecessary. Okay, so I was curious about, like, if you guys felt you learned something and if it encouraged you to go learn something else about, I don't know, about the subject. And it did you like it? I liked it overall, mm-hmm. and part of me wants to go watch it again and see if I understand it a little better because I basically come, or, uh, come away with it, um, from it with, like, these people did bad things. They took advantage, but other people did worse things, and it led to big bad things. So if I feel like I feel like if I watched it again, maybe with like a laptop out where I could like look stuff up as I was watching it, okay. But I also don't know if I can make it all the way through again without watching it in pieces, because you know we talk about shows that are hard to binge watch this was a hard movie to just watch the whole way through for me it was long it i mean it was long but at the same time it was just it was so dense mm-hmm. at parts because of all the terminology and words just fly over my head thank god for closed captioning yeah or else i would have nothing to talk about here today I wasn't really inspired to go out and search for more information outside of the movie because I feel like I need to understand the movie first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked it. It didn't really inspire me to go like learn more, at least not right now, because one, I'm in um, end of mm. class zone where I've got a lot of things to do, and that's what I'm worried about. So I don't really. <laughs> you wa- don't need extra depression in your life, right? <laughs> I really don't want to think about learning anything else right at the moment. I just want to get done with this class and then, you know, have a week break before classes start back up. Yeah. So right now, the idea of learning anything extra besides my class and then my fall classes is not appealing. I don't know if I'd watched it at a different time if it would have, you know, inspired Mm -hmm. me to go down this rabbit hole. It didn't this time because I just, I'm like, okay, and 
watch that movie. That's done. Okay, I need to go <laughs> finish this book now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the timing-wise wasn't good for me to dive down the rabbit hole. But I did really like the movie. Probably won't watch it again because, mm-hmm. it, you know, I think it was good. think it was informative, entertaining, makes me angry, isn't something I want to just repeatedly watch. Gotcha. Well, if you're like me <laughs> and you had to find out what happened next... I have two recommendations for you. One, watch Too Big to Fail. It's on Amazon Prime and HBO Go and HBO Now. And also, NPR's podcast, Planet Money, premiered their first episode right after Fannie Mae, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were collapsing. So their first episodes captured like this moment in history that's terrible and fascinating. So download NPR's one app and listen to those. Any, anybody yeah. been ke- keeping up with... Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I've been watching some more Farscape. Yay, how far into it are you? I got to episode 19. What? Yeah, look at you. (laughs) Going so far. But I'm still not completely, like, invested in it. No, that's fine. It's also because I've been reading while watching it, so that's not really (laughs) productive. Yeah, that's not watching. It can be watching. You can do both. You gotta pay attention um, to both of them. Yeah, I'm now. gonna have to go back and while you watch them. But there, there's still some moments. There are some moments that I do, I do like. I'm probably gonna keep watching that off and on. Anybody else watched anything that? No Gossip Girl. What? No, no I'm kidding. No, no, no Gossip Girl. I. <laughs> no, sorry. I've I've mm-hmm. marathoned my way through The Gates, which I might make you guys oh. watch later, and made my way almost all the way through the first season of Arrow over the past. Couple, first season couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what's being discussed next time? It's, it's Kent's turn. Yes, it's my turn. And I've I've had a little difficulty trying to decide this time. For one, a lot of the TV shows that I want to recommend next uh, aren't readily available. So, and Janelle is running away for the week. So, like, mm. we couldn't all get together and watch something. I was going to suggest a book, but I looked up if Knox County had any va- available copies and they didn't they have several of the books just this book that's like six years old is still Mm -hmm. being read um a lot so i think what we're gonna do is we're gonna do hamilton the uh musical soundtrack i was a little hesitant to do hamilton one just because i know it's kind of been really big the last year and stuff and so I love it and have been obsessed with it, but sometimes I kind of shy away from that stuff too, so kind of didn't want to necessarily recommend it, but I kind of do want to recommend it too because I have been um, driving you all crazy about it um, yeah, that's true. For, for the last like, literally, like, 10 months or so yeah. since I've gotten into it. So, yeah, so we're going to do Hamilton, the first disc on the Hamilton soundtrack. I'm not going to make you listen to both. Although, if you're enjoying it, please do listen to the entire thing. But it is available on Spotify and Amazon Prime. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, So you can go and stream it. And then we will see what you all's reactions are next week. So if you want more I Love It Don't You content, visit our website. iloveitdontyou.wordpress.com Our website has links to all our social media and our email address, so please feel free to email us and follow us and let us know what you thought about this episode. And if you have any suggestions for us to to do. Mm -hmm. Tweet us. Whatever. So thank you for listening. Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys. Hey, guys. Just to let you know, we're going to talk about the entire Hamilton musical. Janelle and Elizabeth both listened to all of it, so 
every song will be discussed. There might be some spoilers. It is about history, so I don't know if you can technically call them spoilers, but we're going to talk about everything, guys. And also, just to give you a heads up, there is some language in Hamilton and a little bit of sexual innuendo.